God is good. He is good all the time. No matter what's going on in our life, no matter how the world may seem around us, God is good. He loves us so much, and he will continue to love us. We can depend on that because he cares for us. And I will never cease to thank all our leaders, the elders, uh, the deacons, and thank all of you uh, for being here, for all that you've been doing, to love each other, to care for each other, to step in when something is needed to be done. And those of you who are online who are not able to be here, uh, you still pray, you still call people, and you still do what needs to be done. And uh, I very well appreciate that. And I know God appreciates that for showing love and for doing everything that you do to get closer uh, to each other. As a congregation, we've been uh, through a lot. As you've been through a lot maybe as a church, but also in your personal life. You lost loved one. Uh, you have uh, things that affect your life, things that you're dealing with, and all of that. So there's a lot going on. Uh, but as someone told me one time, whenever you go through rough time or hard time, don't be discouraged because it's the devil attacking you. It is the devil who's throwing the arrows at you, trying to cause, to, uh, cause you to fall because he knows you are not his. So he's going to do everything he can and his power to cause you to stumble. And that's why you may have so many things coming your way. But don't let that discourage you. Don't let that keep you from doing what God wants you to do. And if you have a life where nothing is going uh, wrong, where everything is moving smoothly, and you don't have trial, tribulation, you should be asking yourself, what am I doing wrong? Because you know what? If the devil knows you already his, why bother attacking you? because there's no point from doing that. But when he knows you're doing the best to serve God, to follow him, to be together in unity, well, he's going to send things at you. Sometimes you might even ask yourself, will there be any more coming? How can I escape that? Don't be discouraged. We have each other. We have brothers and sisters that we can talk to, that we can rely on, that we can call, that we can pray uh, for our brothers and sisters when they are ended, when they go through tough time. The church is supposed to stick together, and when we stick together, we have greater power. We can overcome the things that the devil sent at us. And Ecclesiastes uh, 8, uh, 6 to 7, it says, Because for every matter there is a time and judgment, though the misery of men increases greatly, 
for he does not know what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? Yes, there is things that may come at us. There might be misery. It may increase greatly. But we don't know what will happen, but God knows what will happen. And for every time, there is a reason. For everything, there is a reason. And God is in control of everything. He is the guide. He is the pilot. And that's all that we need because he is in control. He will take care of us. We can depend on him because he is there for us. In Isaiah 46, 9 to 10, it says, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other uh, order. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasures. So again, God knows everything. He's in control of everything. He knows the and from the beginning. So we can depend on him. He knows how the end is going to be like. But when we don't know what the end is going to be like, sometimes we worry about things. What's going to happen? Am I going to be able to withstand? And I'm, am I going to be able to go through that tribulation and trial? But God knows the end. We can rely on him. We can have faith and confidence in him because he knows what's going to happen in the end. He knows the end from the beginning. That's the God whom we serve. That's the God who loves us so much who gave his son on the cross for us. Our lesson this morning is where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? In many ways, it would be nice to know that what will happen in the future, to know how God sees things. But we know we can't know the future. We don't know for sure what will happen. So we have to rely on him and depend on him. Uh, thank you for reading the scripture, uh, uh, Jim, Brother Jim, uh, James 4, uh, 13 to 17. Uh, Sometimes we make plans for the future and we just... Do them in our own power, how we think things should go. But sometimes God has a way of turning things around and do things differently because he knows what's best for us. So that's why God has to be the, a focus point in our lives. Uh, he knows what will happen, so he knows what is best for us so we can depend on him for help. So when we make our plan, he should be the focus on that point, that, that plan. We should go to him in prayer. We should talk to him because he knows what's best for us and what's not best for us. And we can rely on him. And it's not bad to make plans for the future, but we need to be flexible enough when God turns things around to go with it uh, because he knows What's best? Did we accomplish anything? Did we accomplish anything? I think we did. 
we had some baptisms. We have some people who decide to put on Christ. We have some people who been restored and uh, maybe come forward and ask for prayer, prayer request, who want to get closer to God, who want to do the best they can to worship him and to give their life to him. Our att attendants uh, have been good through COVID. God has blessed us through that. So we have some accomplishment. Our contributions have been good. We've met some budget, and God has blessed us through that. So that's an accomplishment. We thought many classes, kids' classes, youth classes, adult classes. So there's many classes we've led in the past year or two. Those are some accomplishments. We have new deacons. Jason, thank you for taking that role and also helping with the network. That's an accomplishment. And he's doing a great job. And he's even been doing a great job before he was a deacon. We thank God for that. That's a, those things are accomplishment. We have several who graduate from high school who now in college or who's working or who's doing something uh, after high school. Those are accomplishments. We have uh, several new members or regular visitors who, who join us. Those are accomplishments who decide to worship with us, give their time here, and encourage us in worshiping together. Those are accomplishments. We are visible in the, our community. Uh, people get to know us through the things that we do to encourage the community, whether it's the food pantry, whether it's VBS, or whether it's backpack giveaway, whatever we do, people in the community know we are here. Those are accomplishments. We've been blessed in so many ways. We're healthy. God blessed us in so many ways. So all of those things are good things. But does that mean we cannot improve? We can all be improving and even get better on the things that we've uh, done so far. So don't be discouraged. Don't think, okay, we are moving and I'm going to stay wherever I am. But we can still push on moving forward and keep on doing the, the right things. So where do we go from now? Well, we must... Uh, uh, <coughs> Reevaluate uh, our uh, commitment to God. We must reevaluate our commitment to God. We must maintain uh, our evangelistic effort, things that we do to bring people uh, to God. We must do those things. We know that this uh, Son of God came into the world and He came to save and rescue the lost. But he's not here among us as in flesh, but spiritually, spirit, he's there with us. But he gave us a task to do. In Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and tell people about God. So we have that 
homework or things that we should do, uh, that we should tell other people about it and make sure that they're able to come to God and be able to save uh, their soul. And then Proverbs 11, 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He who wins souls is wise. So if we win soul for God, we are wise, and that's what we should be doing. So what should we do from now? What should we work toward? Well, work toward bringing more soul to God, and that is always needed in the kingdom of God. There's many people who are lost, who are not obeying God, who are not serving it, and that's our or responsibility to make sure they hear about God. We are saved, we obey the gospel, and it was good. Are we willing to share it to other people who need that same gospel, who need to be saved just like we are saved? And Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He didn't come for those who are healthy, but he came to those who were sick and their sin. And we should be about the same thing, about finding and save the lost. We evaluate our commitment uh, to God. That's another thing uh, we should be doing. The first one is to love the Lord with all our hearts, soul, and mind. And if we love God with all our soul, mind, and, and mind, then that will push us to do everything we can, to be involved, to share the gospel with other people, and to be the light to the world around us. So those things we need to continue to work on. And when we do so, we can draw near uh, to God. And Matthew 15, uh, 8, we don't want to be those kind of uh, people that Jesus talked about, where he said, those people, they draw near to me in their mouth, but their deeds is far from me. We want to be people who not only draw to God with our mind, uh, our mouth, with our words, but our deeds, our actions, how we live, what we do, follow a uh, suit to do the same thing. And in Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So it's not enough to know about God, to uh, come here and listen uh, to a sermon or sing and worship him, but we have to do his will. We have to follow him uh, because just saying his name won't save us. Our action is important. So attendance does not make one a faithful child of God, but it can serve as the barometer. Attendance is important, but action, leaving it, it's what's really important, that uh, attendance can just be served as the barometer. We must make sure we are personally involved in the work of the Lord. We must make sure that we are personally involved in the work of the Lord. There's a lot of things that need uh, to be done. Uh, and as the body of Christ, we work together. 
Just like our body have several parts. We have head, eyes, arms, fingers, uh, legs. But all of them have to work in unison to accomplish a certain task. And one cannot be saying, just because I am not an eye, then I'm not going to do my part. If not, then the body won't function well. So all of it have to work and together in unison. First uh, Corinthians 12, uh, 12 to 31, it says we are the body of Christ and we have to work together to accomplish that. Uh, and we all have our part, the things that we do. And when we put everything that you do individually together, then it forms uh, the whole group and we accomplish the things that we all working toward is to save the lost, is to uh, be the light for the community, and is to reach heaven at the end. And that's all we are about, and we all should be working together. And I'm not saying we're going to have the same mindset, the same idea. We can have all the different ideas, different things, but at the end of the day, all of it, are working to do toward a common goal. And if we all working together for a common goal, then we have unity. We encourage uh, each other to do so. Romans 12, 4 to 8. We're going to read that one, Romans 12, 4 to 8. It says, For as we have members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differings according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. Don't let our gift dominate, but use them for the glory of God. And it's continued to say, if it's prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation, he who gives with liber liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And there could be so many other things that can be added into that, but whatever you are able to do, do it. Like in Jeremy it says, if you know something good to do, you do not do it, use your sinning. If you know something that you are, have a gift to, that you can do, that can help the kingdom of God move, move forward, then do the best to do it because you have that ability to do it. You, we, are not, we are not all going to do the same thing, but if we all doing our part individually, then we will have a greater force to work toward that common goal. Now, in our current transition now, we have a lot of work that needs to be done. There is many things that need to be done, and that's not the time to, uh, to be slacking, uh, to, 
not pulling a, your side of the line. Like we have to continue to do our part and you might even have to put more into your plate than you already have. And if you did not have anything in your plate, that's, that's the time to add something into your plate because your help is needed to uh, move forward, to do the work uh, of God because there is a lot that needs to be done. But uh, there's a research that showed that in uh, many of churches, 20% of people do 80% of ministry. And you can maybe look at that and say, well, that's ridiculous, that's a little high. But when it comes down to it, often that's how it is. 20% of people do 80% of the work. So why is this? Why don't more people help? Why, why don't more people involve into serving? Well, maybe it's because they're busy, or maybe it's because that doesn't provide a salary. Maybe there's no retirement benefit, there's no perk, and maybe it's uh, difficult. Uh, maybe there could be many other reasons why they, that 80% group are not involved into serving, into doing things for the work of God. But we all need to be doing something. For example, if you are in a team, on a soccer team, on a football team, uh, and the coach always keeps you on the bench, will you be happy about it? I'm sure no one will. In fact, some players will find another team because they want to be on the field playing the game. They don't want to sit on the bench, on the sideline, watching others playing the game for them. What about when it comes spiritually, the work of God? We are all in the game together. Do we want to be on the sideline sitting and watch that 20% people working? Or do we want to be in, on the field playing the game, doing the work and serving? I'm sure all of us want to be playing the game. So let's continue to do that. And if we were not part of that, let's see what we can do to get on board to play the game. So here are a few reasons sometimes people give why they cannot be uh, involved uh, in, uh, in the game. One of them is no one asks uh, for help. No one asks for help. And because of that, they are hesitant to infringe on someone else's territory. So they wait to serve until someone asks. And sometimes, those of us who are already doing something, we may be too deep in it, and we maybe uh, cause other people, push other people away, because we want it done on a certain way. And because of that, if someone comes and offers their help, we say, no, no, I got it, I got it, I can do it uh, that way. And because of that, they may be hesitant to infringe on your territory. And that might cause people not want to serve because of that. All that reason is because they want someone to ask. Maybe they are uh, timid or they don't want to offer their help. They would like someone to, uh, to ask them to help. Can we be looking for someone who can do some certain tasks? 
maybe and go ask them, can you help with that? Can you do that? Or you have such a talent, can you do this? Uh, uh, will you do this? Maybe we can get more people on board like that because that's one of the things no one asks me. So because no one asks me, I'm just waiting for somebody to ask me. And I'm not saying that's a good attitude. Just because someone doesn't ask you doesn't mean you cannot help. Do the best to ask about it or help someone when you see something you can do. Another one people uh, give is they, f they have a fear of responsibility. Their fear of responsibility. Afraid that duties may force them to become overcommitted. So they hesitate to do anything. So they don't want to overcommit it, so they don't offer at all. They don't want to be overcommitted. Maybe it's because of time. They don't, want, they don't have that much time, so they don't want to do something where someone force them or maybe cause them to stay and do too much. So what can we do for that to encourage those people to see, like, you can give the time that you have, the talent that you have, and you don't feel the pressure to be overcommitted into doing uh, something. The third one is they suffer from past burned out. Suffered from past burned out. And because of that, uh, they've gone from being pillars to being pure cedars. They feel the need to rest and be fed instead. It's easy to be burned out, especially from what we mentioned, 20% of people do 80% of the work. So if those 20% of people keep doing them over and over, burnout can occur. And when burnout occurs, then they might be like, I don't want to be involved anymore. I've done it in the past. It was too much, so someone else can do it. So what can we do maybe to prevent burnout? but also to uh, not be pure seeders, uh, but be involved and, and learn from the past and do better. Well, if all of us are doing our part, pulling our load, getting involved, then there will be less burnout and there will be less people sitting uh, and uh, just want to be fed instead of getting involved. Another one, they are intimidated by present workers. They are intimidated by present workers. Pillars unwilling to exchange power for fresh idea and keep other people idle. If you are a pillar, someone who's been doing something for a long time, but you refuse to listen for new ideas or fresh ideas, then you more likely will cause other workers to be intimidated by that. Uh, and because of that, they won't be involved into doing the work together. Another one is they have a preoccupation with their personal agenda and busyness. So most people play defense with their calendar. And if they do not change their mindset, they will never be able to serve others. Whenever you ask them, they'll be like, oh, I'm busy that day. I have something going on. 
What about next week? What about next month? Oh, my calendar is full. I'll this, 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 and that. And if it's like that, that mindset, then I'll never be involved into anything because there's going to always be something that needs to be done. So don't be playing defense with our calendar. Free some time, sometime to serve, to help others faith the kingdom of God. Here's another one is, they feel untrained or ill-equipped and ungifted. Feel untrained, ill-equipped, and ungifted. And because of that, they don't want to be involved. So many people mistakenly believe that the only, only trained or gifted people can serve. And since they are not, they have no training, or a special gift, they don't feel qualified. And that's not all. That's not true at all. You don't have to be trained or uh, have a special gift to serve. You can serve no matter who you are. You can help someone serve and learn from them, and you can learn that way. Have you ever heard on-the-job training? Someone who might not know how to work a machine, so you put them with someone who knows how to work them, and by watching and learning, then they can one day run that machine. And I think we're all on the job training as Christians. We're getting better. We're learning how to do things. So don't feel that you have to be trained to do some special work. Get with someone who is already doing it and learn how to do it, and maybe one day you can be doing it by yourself. Special talent is not important to serve God, to serve in the kingdom of God. Another one is they are unaware of the options that are available. Sometimes, yes, we may have things in the insider and things that's going on. Sometimes people don't look at them. Uh, uh, they don't see the opportunities. So maybe we may have to be more vocal about it. Maybe Tell them uh, when you see someone who can help in an area, go and address them and talk to them. And maybe it's announcing it more uh, in the congregation so people know what's going on. Uh, because that's one reason they use, I, I don't know what's going on, I don't know how I can help. Uh, so if we advertise it more, uh, or maybe let people know about it, maybe more people will help in that area. Because people say they're sometimes unaware of what's going on. Uh, the next one is they don't own the cause. They don't own the cause. Many will sign up for ministry if they could only catch a vision for the big picture. And if they cannot catch a vision for the big picture, they won't get involved uh, and, it. and because of that, they don't own the cause. And if you don't own the cause, then you're not going to uh, be able to, to serve in that capacity, uh, or be able to offer your time. Uh, last week, we were in class talking with the uh, young people. We talked about how God paid a big price for us, a ransom for us, uh, and then how we need to appreciate what he did for us. Uh, and and started in that class, I asked them to put a valuable things on a box and then asked them to pay me a dollar 
to get that item back. And so they feel cheated because uh, it's already mine. Why I have to pay for it? Uh, but that's exactly what God did for us. We're already his, and he had to pay to get us back. Uh, and some of them were like, well, my item is not that important. And one comment that was, that was made is that, well, someone gave me that as a gift, so it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even want to pay to get it back because it's not that important. So because they didn't pay their money to buy it, to get it, so they don't value it important. And in other words, they don't own the cause. They don't see the sweat, the anything that goes behind from getting that Adam to give to them as a gift. So because they don't own it, they will not fight to keep it. So if I want a dollar for it, they will just let it go. They, they're not going to pay that dollar to get it back. So sometimes, if someone doesn't get involved to see the importance of getting involved, to put some sweat and some gain into the game, then they most likely sometimes won't involve or even live. But if you have some sweat and the game, you know the importance of it, you own it, then you will stick to it a lot better. So we all need to have some sweat and the game to own the cause. And when we own the cause, we will do the best we can to keep working at it to get better. So own the cause and you will stick into the, word of, uh, the work of God. The last one is they are selfish, lazy, and indifferent. So some don't get involved simply because they don't care about anything but themselves. I don't care what needs to be done. I, I have to take care of myself. And I'm sure there is none of us here who are like that, who is thinking I'm just about myself, myself. I don't care about other people's. But there are some out there who are like that, who don't care about anything or anyone to get involved. As long as I am fed and I'm good, then it doesn't matter what other people care or other people who need serving or who need help. So those are the things that sometimes people give excuses why they don't serve. So as a congregation, what can we do to encourage those people to get on board to own the cause so we can move forward. We can pray for them, we can encourage them, we can talk to people, we can get closer, we can unify and do everything possible to do that. And if we all getting on board like that and doing everything we can, uh, then we can move forward better. We can do even more work for God. Can you imagine if more than 20% of people doing the work instead of just 20%, let's say 80% were doing the work and just 20 were not? And maybe if it can even get better, 100% of people doing the work of serving, I'm pretty sure we'll see pretty good increase, pretty big influence will be done in our community because all of us are involved on the cause and doing the work. And then we'll move forward. We'll be the brighter light that we can be in our community around us. 
I, I wish I knew what the future held for Northside, but only time will tell, and only God knows, because he knows the end from the beginning. But what I do know is this. If we will grow in our evangelism and our commitment to him and to each other and our personal involvement, grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our future will be bright. So I challenge all of us here today to look for ways to help, but importantly, encourage more people to get on board. The more hand we have on it, the better it can be. And the better we can make a big impact in our community around us. There's a story, with, there's a lot going on with Haiti right now, uh, but we had a president before I was little or before I was born who was a dictator. So there's someone who told me a story one time. He asked someone to move uh, heavy pieces of equipment like bridge. He asked 10 of them to do it. But the 10 of them decided that's too heavy. We can't lift that. There's no way. So he pulled two of them and just killed them. And then the other eight lifted up and moved it wherever he wanted them to. Why in the world the ten of them couldn't do it, but the eight were able to do it? Maybe the ten, they did not own the cause, but when their life was on the line, then all eight of them put all the strength they could possibly do to move it, and they were able to move it. And I'm not saying what he did was right. It wasn't right. But can you imagine if all of us putting all our strength and effort into doing the, word of, the work of God? Can you imagine how impactful we can be in our community? How encouraging we can be to one another? How unifying we can be to one another? And encouraging. And if all of us are doing that, I'll repeat it again, our future and north side will be bright. And I have faith in all of us, and I'm sure God has faith in all of us to do everything we can do to encourage, to stick together, and to work together to the common goal is to reach heaven. If we can help you in any way this morning, we invite you to come forward. You've heard the word. You need to believe in it, and you need to give God your life by repenting, confess the name of Christ, and be baptized for the remission of your life, and uh, then remain faithful to the end. And then you can be with him in heaven. And if you've already done all of this, but maybe you're discouraged. With everything that's going on, you get discouraged. You don't feel like you can keep moving on. Know that God is on your side. He's willing to help you. He can do that if you will let him help you. 